What's up, everybody? It's Tommy Runs, and this is The Run, Eat, Sleep Show, episode number 77. Today's guest is Emma Bates. Uh, Emma is a professional runner. She runs for ASICS. She's also sponsored by UCAN, who is the sponsor of this episode. So thank you so much to UCAN for sponsoring this episode and sponsoring the giveaway, which we did in this episode as well. Uh, make sure you tap in, though, because we do get, I do giveaways every now and then, um, and you got to kind of know about it, so you got to follow me on Instagram follow Tommy Runs, follow the Run Eat Sleep Show, subscribe to this podcast, all those normal things that you should do just because you love this podcast. Do those things now if you don't already. So, um, okay, gave you a second, done, thank you. Um, Thank you so much for you, Ken, for sponsoring this episode, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, So, Emma is doing amazing things. She had a wonderful performance in Chicago last year. Um, She's actually going to be representing the U.S. at the World Athletic Championships in Eugene in July of 2022, which is later on this month. So I really can't wait to see what she does there. Uh, She's a super strong runner. Go follow her on Instagram because she posts a bunch of content of her running and how she's feeling and kind of keeps you up to date. So check her out on Instagram, but then also definitely make sure you keep an eye open for her performance in the women's marathon in a couple weeks in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, back to the sponsor of this episode. Thank you so much, UCAN. If you're not familiar with UCAN, they're doing, like I said, doing great things in the fueling industry and the fueling side of the world. Um, they have super starch. So there is no caffeine. There is no sugar. Super starch is the active ingredient and it's a patented formula that they've created in this. Backstory on that is actually super interesting, but won't go into that because you guys are here to listen to Emma talk and talk about running and good things like that. But thank you so much, UCAN, for sponsoring. If you want to try UCAN out, I would suggest going to UCAN.co using Tommy Runs, T-O-M-M-I-E-R-U-N-Z, for 20% off your purchase. Check that out right now. You can get the Edge Packets, which I use for all my runs and workouts, um, long runs, all that stuff. And then they also have Energy, which you do before the workout, before the run. Uh, They have Protein plus Energy, which you do after the run. UCAN's energy source is so awesome. It's no spike, no crash. It's just a nice, steady flow of energy. And that's what I need for my workouts and for my long runs and just for my day in general. So check them out. Use that code, TommyRuns, 20% off your purchase. There we go. So please enjoy this episode with Emma. We actually talked about running a bit, but then we really leaned into the mindfulness side of life in running. So I was super happy to not have to ask her about all running things, you know, and we really leaned into um, how we can be more peaceful and how we can get through the hard times and the hard things that we have to go through um, out there on a run or or out there in the world. So check this out. Hopefully you like that angle. Hopefully you like the conversation we had. Make sure you comment, make sure you um, review or rate this podcast, make sure you subscribe, all that stuff. Tell a friend to tell a friend about this show because I want it to be the biggest show ever. You know, I'm coming for you, Rich Roll. Anyway, sorry, that was a digression. Peace out. Talk to you again in a little bit. Hopefully, you love the episode. Thanks so much for having me. This is exciting. 77 episodes, killing it. Yeah, I mean, really, I just, so the goal, just do as many as you can, like within like a short period of time. And then, so like you see, you hear that number, it's like, oh, 77, you know? Um, <laughs> 
so yeah no the show started in like in the pandemic because like we all had nothing to do so i'm like why not start a podcast absolutely why no not, you're right? doing great and again look at all your shoes so it's, it's yeah. definitely getting a lot of attention yeah. and if um, I'm excited that we're both using like the same products, um, yeah. Coros and Ucan and Asics, of course. So yeah. yeah, some good companies out there for sure. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, okay, I like her. I like her already. <laughs> and I had the opportunity to meet you at the Ucan uh, panel in Boston. Um, how was, I know you didn't run in Boston, but like, how was that experience for you kind of being there um, on kind of from uh, a spectator standpoint? Yeah, I um, w lived in Boston for a few years from 2015 to 2018. So I had gone to the Boston Marathon a couple times. But um, being there like um, as like an athlete that hadn't run marathons yet, right. it wasn't as special. So to be there, right. um, having done five marathons now and to just like kind of soak in everything. And like, I think because, you know, Boston wasn't the same as it was in the fall, just because yeah. it's normally in the spring. So having it be like that full fledged, like everybody's out, you know, we have all the expo and all the events and everything like that. Like people showed out yeah. and that was amazing just to like, get that like energy again. And like, I haven't really been at a race. Like I went to New York as well as a spectator and there was, you know, a little bit more of that, but like Boston, I think everybody just like really rallied behind it. And like yeah. just everybody that qualified for Boston was able to get in um, this year. So mm -hmm. it was, just, it was packed. So it was a very, very exciting time. And it was so cool to see you running out there and yeah. doing thing. And it makes me just so inspired to get out there and hopefully do that in the next spring. Yeah, no, yeah. I think you saw me. I think when you saw me, I was at a, a different point in life right there. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, is pretty rough for everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had this like this knee thing going on too. So like at the, by the time I saw you, it was just like, I'm just trying to make it to the end and looking over and hearing you like you yelled my name and I looked over because like it's not when you go to a place like that, it's not that many people that are going to know you unless you're like, you know, you. Um, so like I, you know, when I went past you, you yelled my name and I'm like, oh, wow. Hey, how? <laughs> hey Emma, how are you? You know, and so like that that definitely helps. And I didn't really think about that though. Like this is probably yeah, 2021 or 2022 Boston was probably the most second most grateful, you know, marathon participant list, you know, that there that there's been because there was no cutoff. So everybody that 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 qualified and applied got in. Um, and then obviously second to tw uh, 2014, the year after the bombings. Um, but it just felt like r everybody there was just like so stoked to be there, ready to go. And then just went out and it, the, the environment was just so crazy. Just that whole weekend, even not even just the day of it was Boston was 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 the Boston Marathon for four days. Pretty much. Seriously, it was exhausting and I didn't even race. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I thought that was funny, though. I was on a panel with with uh, three professional uh, athletes and I was the only one on the panel running the marathon. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, like, I'm so sorry you have to like go through all of this. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, you had all those like shakeout runs and everything, too. So yeah. just, like, yeah. that takes a lot out of you. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that I think next time I go back, I'll probably have less to do before the do, you know, before the dance, you know, so um, I'll just have to I just got to figure out that balance and then we should be good to go. Do all that stuff after. <laughs> yeah, 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 if you can for sure. Or maybe one thing, maybe not four. That's exactly. just that's a lot. Um, but, you know, thanks for being on the show here. And I kind of wanted to I always go back to like the origin story a little bit because uh, it's it's often a little different than what like some people have. Um, 
some people's introduction to running. Like I just started running a few years back, uh, but I'd love to hear like what, how running became a thing for you and like when was it introduced to you into your life? I loved running ever since I was a little kid. Like I was a very hyperactive child and mm -hmm. my parents needed to put me in sports and activities that would like try to, you know, get me to settle down a bit or just try to wear me out. Yeah. Um, and nothing was really working. I did track and field and that still wasn't enough. So my parents were like, Hey, how, what do you feel about like cross country? Cause they know like my mom did cross country in high school for a couple of years. And right. um, so she knew like just how much it would take out of you. So I was like, Oh, I don't really know. And she's like, well, if you don't like it on the first day, like that's fine. You can go back to, you know, sprints and everything like that and hurdles. But um, the first day of practice, I just completely fell in love with really? just um, everybody. Like it was more like the community, like everybody was just like so excited to like challenge themselves. Mm. And mm. I had never really been around that before. Like I had been in other sports, but team sports. And there's always like people that really care and people that don't care. So it's kind of like a mixed bag. And um, it was so cool to like just rely on yourself and to mm -hmm. be able to go out every single day and just like see how far you could go. I could barely go 10 minutes that first day of practice. Like mm -hmm. that was the hardest thing I had ever done. But then, you know, the next week I was able to do 20 minutes straight and the week after that 30 minutes straight. And it was just like so fun to just like see what you could um, accomplish, things that you never thought were possible. And so once I, you know, got into the sport, um, I started running really well and was able to garner a scholarship to college, which I wanted to always go to college, but I didn't know if I was going to be able to afford it. So being um, a successful runner in high school allowed me to have an education. And I'm so grateful for that because I got, you know, a 75% scholarship to the university um, in Boise State, um, Boise mm -hmm. State yep. University. So um, was able to just kind of challenge myself more and more there. I was not really planning on doing too much running. I was going to focus on school a little bit more, but the more I ran, the better I started to become and the more integrated into the sport I became and a, a fan of the sport I became as well. And so that just spurred it along. And then I ended up winning nationals in the 10,000 meters in 2014. And then that was what got me into professional running. And so it was just kind of like evolved from there. I never really planned on doing it as a professional or making money off of it, but it just, it just kind of happened. And you, you, I've heard you say before that, you know, cause in, when you first got into the sport around seventh grade, you, you kind of, you took to it really, really quickly and, and saw some early success. Um, I think you're like on varsity or something like that as a seventh or eighth grader or whatever, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, but then also, like, I'm just kind of thinking um, you from you mentioned between that that point to about 12th grade, you didn't feel like you had a ton of improvement. Um, but I mean, obviously, there was some there, but you probably just kind of like, you know, uh, judging against like other people in the in the, in the on the uh, teams or maybe the other teams that you were, you were playing against or running against. So talk to me about like that moment. I know you were young, so it's always, you know, it's not like you were looking back. What are some of the lessons and how did you deal with that slow, gradual um, improvement? Because I know a lot of us, we want like that, like each training block needs to be better than the last. Mm -hmm. um, how do we, how did you handle that? And how could we place that in like today's lifestyle of our running? Yeah, from like seventh to ninth grade, I was able to improve. But after that, it was just kind of stagnant. And I wasn't really, you know, I was working harder, but I wasn't really getting any better. But 
I was having so much fun with just like everybody around me and knowing that like, I mean, success it takes time, you know, like I think I knew at a pretty early age because of running that like just because you put in the hard work doesn't mean it's going to, you know, happen right away. And so that that made me learn how to be patient and learn how to just kind of put your head down and get to work and, you know, hope that it'll come around eventually. But um, I think it was like my my dad that that told me like you just you know, he was very he brought me up to be like somebody that was very tough and like kind of like gritty. And that was yeah. like probably the best like lesson was like when I would like, you know, go and scrape my knee and he's like, oh, are you bleeding? I'm like, well, no, like, well, you're fine. You know, just kind of like keep going, keep going on with life. It's like, you know, there's certain things that you um, strive for, um, these big goals in your life and keeping those in focus is like the most important thing. And just knowing that it's still there, but like enjoying the process. So kind of taking things step by step is like the way that I've always approached everything in life. But running has taught me that and like, just kind of focus on, you know, today's run, tomorrow's run, you know, just like go one step at a time. And mindfulness has been everything for me. And like, I've had to relearn how to be mindful. But like, looking back in high school, I I was doing that, you know, I was enjoying every single practice that I went to and every single run that I would do with other people. And I'm just kind of soaking in all of like the things that make me happy. Mm -hmm. um, And just kind of, yeah, just go from a place of, uh, you know, just end results rather, rather than focusing on the end result, just focusing, you know, on certain things that you can tackle each day, like kind of like putting like a check mark on, on each thing. So like, you know, you have a 10 mile run today. We'll just like check that off. Like you did it. And that's kind of, that's success. And in that moment and accomplishment in that moment. And that just gives you so much more like self-confidence and self-worth, just like knowing that you accomplished something that day. No, I mean, I find that's amazing. I mean, and I also, I find that really impressive though, at that, at that age, you know, that we're, cause especially, you know, competitively, I would imagine that there's all this pressure to perform. And especially since you had like early success at it, that it just feels like, how can I get better? Or why am I not getting better? Um, it just, it, it's impressive that you, you took a step back and said, okay, well, let's just enjoy like what this, what this is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, how did that like, you know, after, you know, you got to 12th grade and, you know, went to Boise on a 75% scholarship, how did that mentality of, of like living in the moment or, you know, one, one day, one mile at a time, how did that translate to the success that you saw in, um, in college? Um, it didn't, I lost sight of mindfulness and having fun. And I definitely was not balanced at all when I was in college and I ended up, you know, winning a national title, but I don't think I like, I don't regret what the way that I went about it, but I definitely didn't enjoy myself as much as I should have. And, you know, I definitely made a lot of sacrifices that I thought were necessary in order to be successful, but there were so many things that I kind of put on the wayside and, you know, friendships and relationships and like all these other things that like, I'm kind of sad looking back on because I, you know, I got to a point of like, you know, accomplishing certain goals, but like Mm -hmm. other things kind of, you know, went by the wayside and, that's, that was fine at the time, but like, I have learned so much more from it now. Like I was putting so much pressure on myself for winning that national title. And so I thought I had to, you know, keep winning national titles and keep performing at that level. And it just like, it 
was all consuming. And so I just completely lost sight of like why I even started this in the first place. And, you know, trying to get back to, you know, high school, Emma was just like, I, I didn't know how to, how to go back to that and how to go back to like the roots of like, you know, exactly why I, I do this. And that's the biggest thing is your why. And I didn't have that anymore. Well, well, so like, so you took it like a hard, a hard left, you know, and you're, I mean, you rightfully so though, too. I mean, now you're in, you know, college, collegiate sports and you have a 75% scholarship. So like, you feel like you're on the hook to do better. Um, and we're, we've, we're all, we've all been there in some area of our life where we just feel like all the chips, you know, I gotta, I gotta all in on this and I can't be the silly fun, you know, Emma as before. Um, how did you get back to that though? I mean, cause like you said, it's like, you couldn't like, who is that person that, that I used to be and how could I, how can I get back there? But I feel like it's, it's really hard to just in day to day to like, to take a step back in the middle of all of it. Mm -hmm. um, when like, when you got to pay rent and this, and you know, you got to do all this stuff. How do you, how did you reattach to that? Cause that's, it, and it doesn't seem like your the stakes got any lower from you from that point on. It's not like you, you backed away from the sport at that point, but how to get close to it again? It took a long time. It took until um, I moved back from Boston. So I moved to Boston right after college to join a professional team. And then I was still just in that weird funk of not, you know, enjoying myself and not liking running and feeling like it was a chore and just like, feeling like it was an uphill battle the whole time. Um, I was seeing, you know, decent success, but I wasn't seeing anything special. Um, so I thought that like, you know, that was my whole being and all my self-worth was just wrapped up in, in, you know, the sport. So I actually took a step back and ended up moving to Boise, Idaho and living off grid and completely detaching myself from like, you know, just all of the, the stuff of this world and like all the material items and completely like just being on my own and trying to find the love of running again. And so I just like, didn't want to compete. I just wanted to go in the mountains and go run and just try to, to find myself again, yeah, yeah. Um, to find that love of not just the sport, of, but of myself. And so that was how I was able to do it was just to do a complete 180 of like living in a city of Boston around a bunch of people and just like completely immerse myself yeah, in nature and like reconnect with like, just again, like my roots, like I, I've, I came from like a really small town and like, that's all we did was just like go camping and running and like do all these outdoor activities and like getting back to that point, just like reminded me of like the kid in me and like how to, how to have fun again. So that was, that was how I did it anyway. That's how I got out of that. I'm just, just out of curiosity. Like, what did that look like? You know, um, <laughs> off grid Emma, like, what was that? It was, uh, I lived in a house, um, with my now ex, but, uh, we lived in a house that was like 700 square feet. So it wasn't like a tiny house or anything, but it was, um, okay. up in like the mountains of Boise. So like 5,000 feet and, there was no electricity. Like we had solar panels, no running water, um, yeah. probably like a mile away from like the next neighbor out there. And yeah. I mean, there's like, there's mountain lions, there's wolves, there's elk, there's all these like animals out there. And so it's just like, you know, you're just like running up like these huge mountains and just like, I mean, you're just surrounded by trees and beauty yeah. and it was amazing. How long, how long were you able to kind of be off grid then? That was three years. Three yeah. years. Wow. Mm -hmm. I would be dead. 
Right. <laughs> it teaches you how to really appreciate the little things like yeah. again water like running water is like such a such a I mean a gift you know and that's yeah. something that like I never really realized before and so living that way is something that I, I definitely recommend to everybody it's really hard but mm -hmm. it brought me back to like again like what we're here for and just yeah. like yeah living sustainably yeah, I mean, like, I'm just trying to think, like, I mean, that sounds really cool, you know, for because I've always um, kind of wanted to maybe do that, like, for a short, short period of time. But then, you know, like, I guess, like, a good way to the concept of off grid, I mean, because we're so attached, like, our phones are everything, you know, laptops and TVs or whatever. But I guess, like, I mean, I've heard people take, like, breaks from their phones, because I mean, that's not going off grid but just like detaching from like in, and actually being able to live in the moment because our phones and, and, and laptops definitely have us in so many different places where our feet are not, you know, mm -hmm. and the whole concept is really being where your feet are is much easier when you don't have like this, this um, device that is, you know, sent from God to us to be able to, you know, communicate with all, you know, with everyone around the world at all times. Um, but I think that that's really cool that you were able to, to do that. And um, so after you, after you know after the three year the three year you know um off-grid lifestyle what what happened after that and with you got back to running what, what what did that look like for you yeah it was actually like i think less than a year of living up there and i was working two jobs so i was working like 50 to 60 hour weeks um while i was up there and and running just for fun. But then I ended up getting into a, a race in Doha Cutter mm -hmm. and ended up running really well there and qualifying for my first US team for the oh. half marathon championships. So mm -hmm. that was very unexpected. Um, and just like a, a complete joy, like that I was able to just like kind of do my thing and have fun again and still be, you know, successful and be more successful than I was before. And so that kind of got me back into it was like, hey, I can still do this and have some balance in my life and still kind of like be a normal person because I really enjoyed working. I really enjoyed just like being around, just like being in a like being a professional runner is just really isolating. And so just yeah. you feel very strange. Like you feel like you're not like a real human being. So yeah. just kind of being immersed in like real society of like working and like running at the same time was something that was really cool and taught me how to like work hard again. And it, and it made me appreciate everybody around me. Like everybody has so much going on. And the fact that people have kids and are running people that have nine to five jobs that are running, it's just like, I have so much res more respect now and appreciation for all of those those people and so I just really um yeah just really folded into just like that kind of um atmosphere and just really was happy because of it just because of that balance and was able to just like find myself back into the sport of running and ended up getting um a sponsorship with ASICS after it and so yeah. I ran my first marathon and um it went really really well and that's why I'm here today. I'm, I just moved into Boulder about a year ago and yeah. uh, joined a team here and, and kind of just kind of, you know, taken day by day and figured out like what my journey will be um, mm -hmm. just from one day to the next. So, yeah. So like, I guess we, you know, we skipped over like the BAA times for you, but that's fine with me because I know t going to team boss was, uh, was a big deal. And, uh, I'd, I'd like this. I'd like to, for you to share that story. I've heard it before about like how you got there and and kind of what made you go that direction to Team Boss. But um, how did that happen? 
did you who did you reach out to? How'd the conversation go? And how's that been working for you so far? Yeah, so I wasn't anticipating leaving Boise, but I ended up getting a divorce. And so that was like not messy, but I just couldn't be in Boise anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so I know that I knew that I needed to be somewhere else. And I had run, ran into um, Laura Thweet. She's another marathon runner. And we just like hit it off like the first time we met and like we met again. And I was just like, you were just such a fun person and I would love to train with you. And she happened to be on team boss. And mm -hmm. so um, I ended up calling her coach, um, Joe Bossard, and being like, hey, do you want to add any more athletes? Do you want another marathon runner? I anticipated him to say no, just because they are a very track specific team or uh -huh. they were before. And so, you know, Laura was the only other marathoner. And so I wasn't sure if they'd accept me, but they ended up um, being super excited about it. And so I moved to Boulder, not getting an answer yet from them okay. um, right. because they all had to decide collectively as like a team, all the women on the team had to decide if they That's wanted good, to because they don't care how good you are. They care about like if it meshes, if like you, your personality meshes with theirs. And so I just moved to Boulder. I just up and left and was like, well, hopefully I find something here and find a team that um, will work. And they ended up accepting me right away, right as I moved here. So I was really, really pleased with that. That's actually, I mean, I wonder, was that like actually comforting to know that, that you couldn't just get on the team right away? Like, was, did that mean a lot to to hear them say, well, it, you know, we know you're fast, but, you know, we got to we have to make sure it works for us. It definitely does, because I know that they care about just like the the core of the team. I mean, that's that's what makes a team is people that, you know, get along and, you know, you have to enjoy going to practice. And if, you know, you don't enjoy the people that you're running with, there, there's no point in it being a team at all. So like the fact that we um, are able to like all be sponsored by different companies and then come together and just like collectively just like really enjoy each other's company but just get get you know like our job done um on the day it's just like it's so special and like i'm so lucky and i know going forward that like we're gonna only accept people that like we know are gonna fit on this team and like we've been super lucky with everybody that has wanted to join the team has been wonderful so um i'm very very happy that like it's it's done that way yeah and what what year was that for you when you moved uh to uh that was just a little over a year ago, so April of last year. Nice, nice. And um, so, if we go back before that, because the, the big, you know, the big marathon was uh, was before this as well. But um, I've you know I've heard you mention that you know you before 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 Chicago to, to uh, 2019, you had gone through some things that were a little little tougher in life and figured out a way through it and managed to uh, still stick with like what you love doing which is running and doing it at a high level um and with us you know a lot of us watching or whatever listening are we work full time and we have you know family kids blah blah, blah all these other things just like you do as well you have all these other things that you know matter to you um but then we have this thing called running that we really gravitate towards that helps us for so many different reasons it's transformational it's um it's like a way of meditation in a bit in, in, a, in certain uh points of our lives. Um, how did you work through some of those down moments of life to get to the point where training, even training for a successful marathon was a possibility for you? Yeah, there, I kind of like ebb and flow with like the way that I try to balance myself. And so that may be like 
being more social and like kind of folding more into like the relationships with everybody around me. Or, um, you know, there are certain times where I need to like, you know, be more retrospective and like um, kind of focus on like certain things that um, maybe are more internalized. And so like, I mean, either that's like, you know, reading books on um, psychology, that's what I'm just really interested in. And that's what kind of drives me and like, especially sports and performance psychology, um, but also just like therapy, like um, going to therapy and just like talking through things. And that doesn't necessarily need to be like with a therapist either. Um, I think, you know, I have a lot of friends that I can kind of go to, to like talk about certain things or like my family that I can talk to about certain things as well. And that has helped immensely. And just like kind of working through things that like are beyond running because I mean, running is a big part of my life, but it's not all of me. And so I know that there are other facets that I need to address. And that's like, you know, certain, you know, hobbies or like um, career oriented things that I like want to focus on that make me feel like fulfilled. And so, um, yeah, it just kind of depends on like the time of year and like what I'm kind of feeling. But um, when it comes to people that like are working all the time, like when I was working full time, you know, 50, Mm -hmm. 60 hour weeks, I was less like, you know, running was just like my outlet. That was a place where I went again to meditate. That was a space where I just like, you know, all my stress was relieved. That was where I sorted through all my thoughts and like Mm -hmm. was able to like kind of put things in order. And so um, I feel like people really underestimate like that can be your meditation. You don't need to like take time out of your day um, to meditate and go run or do this and that. It's like, that's where you can just completely immerse yourself into like who you are and like what, what you need to do. And like, that's what is so great about running is like, it just is, does so many things um, for so many people in so many different ways. And I love running with people, but I have to have certain days where I just run on my own and am able to just kind of like take everything in and just like let the thoughts flood into me and like completely like, um, again, just sort through them um, because I have so much going on in here all the time. And so that's like, again, just like my quiet time. And um, I'm really bad at sitting still. So that's like why I do it when I run. Um, Again, it's just like, I I think my best thoughts when I run, I would say. So it's it's fun um, just to kind of like, not experiment, um, to explore your your inner being um, when you're out there on your own. Yeah, for so long. yeah, I actually actually had the um the thought to have this show to do this show a period was uh was on a long run. Like I started I was I was at like twelve miles, it was a workout long run and I'm like, Oh, the run eat sleep show. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, and, that's, and I thought like maybe I should stop and write this down, but I didn't have a phone, but I'm like, Well, you're just gonna have to you're just gonna have to try to remember it, but it Seriously. worked out. Um but like so when you cause I, I know that you know you're working fifty, sixty hours, but you know, you still have this background of competitive running. Um, and so I know that like, even though there's a meditation, you know, there's a lot of meditation involved in that for you and you use this uh, running as your outlet. How did you ask, I mean, how did you balance and throw in like the competitive, your competitive nature and wanting to do, you know, well, like, you know, cause that's part of the problem for me is like, I want to do well. She gets, she got you good there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, but um, so like, I guess my thing is, you know, I I have all this other stuff going on, but I want to do well in running. Like I want to get better. I want to get faster. And then you go through all these days and months where there is there, you don't pay attention really. You're just getting the workout done. You're just getting the long run and you're on to the next one. 
how do you manage both of those to be mindful and take that time um, to to really kind of go inward, um, but then also chase goals? Like, how do you balance those two things? I think it's just really knowing yourself. Like I said, like I go through different bouts of like when I am more focused and when I'm more like um, just kind of going through the motions, which I don't think it's a bad thing when you're going through the motions. Like there are certain times where I'm just like in a flow state almost of like running is like super easy and I don't have to think about it. And like then I can focus on other things in my life. Um, so it's it's typically when running's going well that I don't have to think about running, um, which is, you know, kind of a difficult thing because it's it's not always going to go well. So um, just trying to, again, I mean, there has to be other things in your life that you are goal oriented towards. Mm-hmm. So whether that be like your career or like um, being a good parent, whatever that may be, um, because running like can be, again, all consuming and like a lot of times we put a lot of self-worth into our performance when it comes to running. And that's just, that's unhealthy. Like it just can't, like your body is, is you're pushing your body to the limit a lot of times. And like yeah. your body's going to decide sometimes whether or not it's going to be there for you on that day. And so mentally, yeah. like you can, you can try to push through things, but the more you force things I've learned the the harder things are. So I think it's just kind of letting like your body do what it needs to do. If it, if you need to take a day off, like if you feel just like totally worn out, I think you should yeah. take a day off and like take like, I mean, like a mental day, you know, like that's training as well. And I think people underestimate that like training isn't always like going hard, like going 100%, you know, like recovery days are also, you know, training or recovery, you know, um, after a marathon, like taking two weeks or a month off, that's training, you Mm -hmm. know, so there's always times where we can like be bettering ourselves and knowing yourself well enough to be like, this is, I need to take a step back and I need to reassess, like, this is not what I need right now because, running is like stressing me out Mm -hmm. and this, this can't like, you should always be enjoying it. Like that's the only way to get better is to always enjoy the process. And like, if it's, if it's causing you to be, you know, if to, to feel like a chore, that's never a good sign. So um, maybe you need to focus on something else in your life for a little while. And like running may need to go by the wayside for a little bit. So certain priorities in your life to, to, keep that balance. And it's always going to be different. It's always going to ebb and flow between one thing to the next. But I think that's healthy. And I think that's the only way to be sustainable in any, anything, um, especially running though. And so where, where did like this, like this mindful, like this mindful approach to life come from? I mean, cause you don't, I mean, you, you could listen, you listen to many interviews um, with different people from all backgrounds. Um, mindfulness doesn't always just jump out. And when I hear any of your interviews, I just feel like that's like the that's the undertone of all of them is mm-hmm. is being mindful. And you seem like you have like an, a serious attitude of gratitude, you know, and I just want to know, like, where did that come from? And like, how do you feel like that's played a role in like your racing? Serious attitude of gratitude. I like that a lot. Um, I have learned it through many, many years of experience. It has taken me a long time to get to the grasp, like get grasp of the actual 
like meaning of mindfulness. Like it had always been there, but I didn't actually like think about it mm. consciously. And so once I started to think about it consciously, like I was able to apply it to like everyday things too. Right, right, right. So um, like going to the grocery store, for instance, like that used to feel like such a chore, you know, right. like, but once you start to like break it down into steps of like, in like really focus on where you are and like, you know, pick up like a piece of fruit and like, really just like, how does it feel in your hand? You know, like kind of just like really slowing your mind down into like that certain instance. And that's kind of what I've applied to running is like, how does this footstep feel on my like foot and like how does it feel going through my body like focusing on each step one at a time has like really just brought me into this like newfound appreciation of like running and just like what my body can do during it and I've been able to kind of withstand more pain than I ever have because I approach pain in a different way like I kind of um, I welcome it. And yeah. so that's what I've learned through mindfulness is how to like welcome this pain. You know, it's going to happen in right. any race or any workout, like just like kind of lean into it and, and do a dance with it. And really just like, that's kind of how I've always a approached, um, like trying to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, mm -hmm. but through mindfulness, I've, I've learned how to like, completely like not ignore it, but just like really hone in on it. And like, this is really painful right now, but it's not going to be forever. Um, and so that's, that's really what has gotten me to a point in running where I've just like completely like changed my outlook of, you know, this is, this is not, this is really hard, but like, I, I want to do this and I know this is going to happen. I know this is what I'm going to go through. No, I think that that's really, I mean, cause I I think that ties into, you know, like just the, the concept of, you know, being in the grocery store and, you know, really like just like being there and not necessarily just grabbing stuff, thrown in the cart, but really experiencing the, each moment uh, throughout the day and like the process of it, like you said, like getting in the car, like being in the car. And it sounds like like hokey just to to think like that and like hold the you know piece of fruit in your hand and, yeah. and really. But it's it's like one of those things where like, you know, in, in, in marathoning or in running, there's a certain point where <clears throat> even if you're thinking about everything else and not being in the moment, there's going to be this one moment where the marathon or this distance reminds you exactly where you are, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you're not used to, the more you're used to being present and really being in your thoughts and feelings and being in this moment, whether it's a pleasant one or a bad one, then you, then when then like in the marathon when it comes like crazy and all of a sudden it's like we're here in pain cave you're you're already aware of like where you were headed and you're very in tune with like all these different feelings so i think that that's really like just the way you you went from the, the grocery store to that to the to the running thing kind of tied it together for me and i i really appreciate that um and i think like you know with mental health journeys and you know i've i've had my own little journey um and you know, for me, it was I stopped drinking in in 2017. And f for me, like all these moments in life that I had where I had things happen, you know, or I had down moments in life or, you know, lost a loved one or something like that. It was all I was never actually I never actually felt it, you know, like, I, you know, I felt it, you know, obviously, but I, I was always numb to it in some way, you know, and I think that outside of like substances, we, we get numb to like our experiences based on like the way life works for us. Now we have the phone that can, no matter how sad you are, you can go watch a funny video, like 
very quickly. Like it's easy. YouTube, it's right there, you know, mm-hmm. or TikTok, whatever. But, um, but you know, I, I, I just appreciate like your, the way you go about it. Cause I could see how that would help out when it comes to really pushing yourself further. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in the runs, when you're running and you decide like, Hey, I'm not gonna listen to music today and I'm gonna go by myself because a lot running with people is important, but it, I like that you said, like, I have to run by myself every now and then because you have to have those moments where you are thinking and feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And I I think going through certain big changes in life kind of um, kind of force you to appreciate the little things um, yeah. a little bit more, like losing a loved one. It's just, you know, you try to, like, suppress those feelings for so long, but the more you kind of lean into those feelings, the better you feel too. It's, it's very cathartic to just kind of like, you know, really just feel what you're feeling at that moment and just like be completely honest with yourself. And I think that's uh, something that, you know, a lot of us have lost touch of is just like trying to be tough for, for everybody around you too. It's like, no, vulnerability is really important. And I think, you know, knowing that other people are vulnerable allows you to become more vulnerable. And then you're, I mean, you're just feeling what you're, what you need to feel at that, at that time. And it's, you can move on, you know? And I think that's uh, something that we can, yeah, just like put our down, down our phones for like living off grid really taught me like, yeah, like material things and like communication is important, but only when it's, you know, benefiting your life, if it's taking away from it, if it's stressing you out, like you got to put the phone down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And I like the vulnerability part. I mean, because so often that we think like strength, strength means that you're, you know, you have this stoic exterior and you, you don't share because why would you share something that was like, you know, a sad moment or something that you're struggling with. And I think that that's real strength is, is to be who you are in every moment. And then, you know, sharing within reason, we don't need to overshare, but you know, sharing within reason that could possibly, you know, help someone else in whatever moment they're in. Um, and that's like part of my journey is to share as much as possible the things that I've gone through and going through um, as long as I feel like it's something that someone can take away from that from the lesson that I'm learning or have learned. So I appreciate you um, in, in your interviews before and this one to go to that, go to lengths to, to describe like how you are, where, you know, how you are, what you are at this moment. Um, and this is a running sleep show. So I think we probably talk about running just a little bit here before we let you go. Um, so the, you've done a lot of great things in your career. Um, you know, if you go to Wikipedia, there's a list of things that you've done and, and finishes that were just absolutely amazing. Um, but the one that stands out to, uh, to, um, maybe it stands out to you as well, but stands out to a lot of us is the Chicago marathon second place in 2021. Um, so can you talk to me about that? Someone actually asked a question. Um, I think the calamist said, uh, ask how the buildup. Uh, was for the Chicago Marathon under Coach Bosshard. So how was that buildup for you? The buildup was really good in hindsight, but during it, I had mm. no idea like how I was doing. I had never trained at altitude before. I had never trained with this coach before. I didn't know how much he knew about the marathon specifically. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just going day by day and just like, you know, us both just like putting in what we thought we needed to do, but not really knowing what the end result was going to be. So just um, kind of trusting in the process of like, you know, I, I am running well right now, um, but we're just going to go into the Chicago marathon and hope for the best. But like, you know, it's, it's a race. And so I want to be in the top three. We all want to win. So like, don't kind of sell yourself short. Like, I mean, just 
again, I, I put in some really, really good work and uh, going into the, the day before, you know, seeing the, the heat and everything that was going to yeah. happen, like it wasn't going to be a fast day, but I knew that I would be able to, you know, kind of hunker down and, and just compete as well as I could. And to take second was like something that I knew could happen, but for it to actually happen was really, really special. And just like goes to show like, um, trusting in the process was, you know, the right way to go. And that's, that's how I'm going to approach every marathon going forward with Joe is just like knowing that, you know, we, we know what we're doing and know how to put in the work. Uh, and really quick uh, guys, we're going to, we're going to do the, uh, the UK and giveaway in a, in a couple minutes here. Um, before we let Emma go, but please, if, if you want to be involved in the giveaway for the UCAN uh, Marathon Bundle, which has a bunch of stuff in it, uh, please throw your first name and where you're from in the comments, and I will throw your name into like this little quick little thing here, and we'll select the winner. Uh, so if you are listening and you want to be a part of the giveaway, uh, name and city state where you're from. All right, so really quick, I just... Um, Picking your running people, so this may be a good question. So, uh, Fit Mom, Fit Mom Com says, uh, can you both talk talk a little about a little bit about picking your running people? And I'm just starting to run with other and I'm with others, and I'm nervous about matching energies and vibes. Can you talk to that? Yeah, it has taken me many many years to find the people that I definitely like um, match my energy with, and so I think it's just going to different um training groups like if if you live in a, a town where there's like a bunch of different ones keep keep trying them all out and like let them know that like you know you want to go run with them but um you need to do what's best for you especially pace wise um so some of us get caught up in like running a little bit too fast or a little bit too slow and um that's that's tricky so just like kind of trying them all out and like i love being in boulder because there's so many different running groups so i don't just run with my team i go and run with other teams too because i just love like um the energy that other people have and like being able to run with people that you know like are a little bit slower or you know just like take it a little bit easier than than my team specifically um is really really fun and it's a good balance yeah yeah i think that um yeah i think you hit the nail on the head i mean you just have to try things out too i mean just i mean in most areas there's a bunch of different groups so just keep trying and see what works for you um and because some some you might like all the groups you know so that's that's cool you know like you may just pick in a lot of times around different days of the week so you can decide which one you want to go to on which day and um that's probably the best way to go and just be open have fun and the good thing about running is for the most part we're all in it for around the same reason you know mm -hmm. it's to run um and then you know there's some groups that are more like focused on prs and things like that and if that's not your vibe then you just go to a different group that is more about you know running in community and and fellowship and all that but there's some really good groups out there that are all of the above so um just try it out and see what happens um and so really quickly a personal question from like the one i just have to ask you because we've been talking about mindfulness so much what um how did mindfulness play a role in you literally like they say run your own race in chicago you ran your own race to the t mm -hmm. and it worked out very well for you mm -hmm. um how did mindfulness play a role in that in that moment in that day for you that big build up nervousness to mm -hmm. perform but you still held with what you thought you needed to do. How did you go about doing that? I think the biggest thing was the mantra that Joe had come up with for my training cycle was methodical and patient. And so just 
like being so intentional in like what you were doing at that moment in time and knowing that it's a very, very long race. Um, I did a lot of long runs where I needed to be patient because you start off too fast and it's just, it's going to be a really, really tough day if um, you go overboard. And so just kind of um, being honest with myself at each mile. And I realized very early on that I was not within myself. It was about mile eight that I realized that I was just pushing a little bit too hard. And so I only know that because of all the training that I've done, you know, like I have practiced um, in practice how to feel during a marathon. And like, I know exactly like this is where I should feel at this point and this is where I should feel at the end of the race. And that was that was something that I just had to remind myself like, yeah, the race is ahead of me and it keeps getting further and further away. But this is where I'm at right now. And I have to trust myself and know that like my body will become, you know, uh, what it needs to become when when it wants to like we can't force it. And so just like running um, easy, um, is something that I've also like, this is like my mantra for the world championships is how easy can you make it? And Mm. it's not easy, but like, how easy can it feel in that moment for you? Because the marathon is 26.2 miles and being relaxed is everything. Yeah. So that is how like you can make it easy. Yeah. I forgot. Like, I just, like, I feel like I heard that recently. Somebody said, how easy can you make it? And and now I'm like, uh, I'm gonna have to go back and do some research on that. Um, but yeah, really quickly, we'll just do this giveaway. Um, I'll say thank you afterwards. So just, I'm doing this look, like a little random thing over here. Um, tell me, just tell me when to hit stop and this person will win the bundle. I'll say stop. Yeah. You pick stop. Okay. It's on you. Be mindful. All right. All right. And stop. All right. The winner is Ray from Los Angeles. Ray Los Angeles, you have won the bundle. Um, reach out to me at at uh, Tom, at Tommy Runs, Tommy T O M M I E underscore R U N Z on uh, Instagram, or the Run Eat Sleep Show on Instagram, and I will hook you up and figure out how to get that that you can bundle to you. So congratulations, Ray, you have won. Um, so thank you so much for being on the show. Um, please write a book about mindfulness or something like that. <laughs> I will read it, and I'm sure so many other people will. Um, can't wait to see what's next in your journey. We didn't even get to that part, but I just was really fascinated with um, just hearing how mindfulness has played such a role in your life. And it you displayed it picture perfect in Chicago. And I can't wait to see that happen for you again. Thanks for cheering for me in Boston. I really needed it when I saw you. So thank you so much. Uh, and everybody, make sure you go follow Emma. I'm sure you already do because you are here from her, not me. So make sure you follow Emma and thank you everybody that's listening. Please make sure that you run, eat, sleep, and repeat. Bye guys. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Thank you so much, Emma, for being on the show. Thanks again, You Can, for sponsoring this episode. Like I said earlier, check out You Can products. Um, go to youcan.co, U-C-A-N.co. Um, pick any of the products, throw them in the cart. The more the merrier and use Tommy Runs, T-O-M-M-I-E-R-U-N-Z as the promo code or discount code and you will get 20% off your entire purchase. Their products are just great. Um, Personal preference for me, if you're gonna go for the Edge, which is the fuel to go, grab, uh, if you can, get the strawberry banana. The orange is good, but the strawberry banana is 
pretty amazing when you're out there and you're struggling. <laughs> Strawberry banana. I mean, you can't go wrong. Anyway, thank you so much, Emma, for being on the show. I appreciate her openness to talk about how she deals with issues and how she gets over things because I've taken away so much from this conversation. Hopefully you did too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you review the podcast. Leave a little note. Tell everybody how awesome it is. And I love you guys. See you next time. Run, eat, sleep, and repeat.